welcome to episode two of the weekly howl with me eddie from eddie and the walls and my beautiful assistant phil conlon assistant 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 yeah co-host i bring you the stuff yeah yeah <laughs> Today we're going to talk about some uh, social media stuff, but before we do, I would like to say we are not experts in the uh, social media realm. Yeah. We only know what we've learned along the way, and this is not a uh, this isn't a how to guide, and it's not a uh, try this yeah, trick. It, you- <laughs> this is more of a comparison from someone who's done it the old school way, as opposed to someone who's kind of kind of maybe missed that a little bit and is totally internet social media uh, savvy. Namely, you. Yeah, well, I mean, I've gr- grown up with it. I've been around it for forever. Mm, yeah. Whereas, sort of. But well, yeah. Whereas I started off, there was no, there was no internet. There was no, uh, you know, the fur- the furthest reach you could get was actually doing a proper gig, or going to see a gig, reading about a band in a in a music magazine, Kerrang, Metal Hammer, whatever it may be at the time, Hit Parade, or even. You know, that's that's how we found out about bands and how we learned about new music. So Where either else? so primary research, basically. You'd yeah. have to go and find out the info. Oh, yeah, you, you know, you just couldn't lift your phone and go to Spotify or go to the Facebook or go to whatever it may be these days. You you could, I mean, you could just pull up a list. I, I had a list, actually, somewhere when yeah. I worked in Leicester. I had a list, and it was all the bands in Leicester and all the artists mm. in Leicester. Mm. Genre, yep. uh, you know, how much they charged. Yeah, how many people in the band and everything like that? Just yeah. a great big list, and it was shared, you know, between yeah. between everyone. Yeah, there, there was there was a few years ago. I don't know if they if they still have it, but a few years ago, the musicians' union had a, a you know a guidebook to and, and it all the bands you know from A to Z that the world. That's right. Band, yeah, yeah. You know? and that's how you find out. But you know, bands at our level, mm. you know, we're not talking about Iron Maiden and and bands like that. We're talking. Our level bands, that's how you find out about those bands. Oh, there's a band called XYZ, and we didn't know there was a band called that. Whatever. But that's how you find out about bands. And that's primarily yeah. how you learned about the music business as well. Through trial and error and through reading magazines and reading books. And, you know, if you were lucky enough and fortunate enough to make contact with, you know, maybe a promoter or, or a music manager or sometimes, and more often than not, a lot of, a lot of knowledge would have been gained from music journalists, if that makes sense. You know, because they've been around a lot of those type of, you know, bands, promoters, agents, blah, 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 you know, music uh, journalists in the magazines, they were always, they were always, you know, kind of a, a go-to if you're trying to learn something or find out something about, you know, the workings of the industry. Would you say that, I mean, would you say that's still prevalent now? Can you still? Within some, within some journalists, yeah. You know, me being, me, I would, I would say a lot of the old school journalists would have a lot of knowledge of how things work, how they used to work. Maybe not necessarily how they work now, but to be pretty clued in of how things I mean, are moving. Ten years. I mean, ten years ago, it's still a job to keep on top of stuff. Well, this is right. Yeah, ten years ago, it was all about blogs, wasn't it? I mean, you want to be on blogs, and well, it's still to that. You know, blogs to me these days are like playlists. Mm. You know, so you know, I think a bit, a big thing among kids bands and bands that are younger bands is. You know, their music on Spotify and getting on the playlists on Spotify seems to be a seems to be a key for a lot of younger bands. Yeah, let's you know, let's uh, let's let's rewind back to um, yeah. back to the late nineties, early two thousands dot com boom. Amazon's still a bookstore, and <laughs> well, 
Well, that's interesting. It's, we're, talk, we're talking about Web 1. I mean, right now, we're just switching over to Web 3. We'll talk about it in a bit, but we're in Web 1. All right. Web 1 was, I mean, I, I remember it briefly. Okay. But it was... You, well, what, what do you remember, though? What do you remember? Well, you, you'd log on and you would see information. Hmm. You, you couldn't share information unless it was on a, like a... a chat room or a uh, forum or something like that yeah you couldn't directly share information to followers you know that's that's web that's sort of the web we're in we've been in for the last 10 13 years or something you know so you log on all you can do is you can have a website but most people didn't really know how to have a very good website or what a website meant to them yes so how did i mean how for you how did you uh how did you create we uh, at the time the band i was in at that point was million dollar result it was a pretty decent band. It was a good band. It was on the live scene. It was, you know, successful enough. So one, a couple of the guys within the band were pretty clued in when it came to that type of technology. So one of the guys, Andy, was was quite good. He was able to build a website for the band. Right. You know, so he had a website. Yeah. So he had like he had kind of a background in you know computer technology through his own work and stuff. So he was able to put a a, a website together for the band that was pretty nifty looking and it was pretty good and it was it was kind of like a business card. Yeah, you know, the way we looked at it was was a business card, but then it quite probably parallel to that, uh, MySpace and Bebo and you know those early infancies of music sharing and, and music accessibility. Yeah, uh, MySpace was a big one, wasn't it? It was. It was pretty big for for a short period, for a short window of time. MySpace was huge. You know, everybody, you know, bands were found. You know, record labels when record labels meant something at that point. Yeah. Uh, record label A&R people. Would have been recommended about them, and they would chat. The first go-to tool was MySpace. How many followers? How many listeners? Listeners more than anything, because followers could always be manipulated. But listens, actual physical listens to songs. Yeah, because you, know, you could upload, you could upload your songs to it, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you could, you could. You know, it was an early infancy of of a business card as well. You know, they give you tour dates, those photographs of the band, how did the band look? Mm. You know, their your music. I think you could upload like four songs onto the little player. Yeah, yeah. I think you could you could upload a couple of videos things like that so you know myspace i'm not saying it was a game changer but it was a it was a, a window into what was going what was to come you know this was this was even before like youtube was a big thing youtube had been around but it wasn't really youtube wasn't really harnessed by musicians in that way at that point do you know what youtube started as uh i don't know so something to see cats doing funny things no it was a, i think originally it was a video dating app you know whether you, you sit in front of the sit in front of the camera like hi my name's yeah. Colin, and I'm a 28 attractive male who likes walks in the park. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it started as one of the one really? of those kind of things. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. Cool. So YouTube, you know, it, it was one of those things that was kind of told told on aspiring monitors. I thought you need to have songs on YouTube. Yeah. You know, blah 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 blah. And YouTube was a good tool. You know, all, all of the things that led further and further down the line to where we're at now was an outreach for all bands. No, it's common sense. You know, someone in Australia could click on you by accident. Yeah. Now, whereas 10, 15 years ago, they probably would have had to look for you. They would have probably had to look for Eddie and the Wolves or Million Dollar Blackwater, whatever it may be. They would have had to physically look for Whereas now you can end up, you know, well, this person likes this. You might like this, et cetera, et cetera. And it just automatically comes and you click on it because that's what you do. Yeah. You click on your listen and go, oh, I might like that. YouTube yeah. back then sort of killed MTV, didn't it? Because you yeah, could easily... Listen, listen. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay, and this is how I look at it. And a lot of people my age look at it like this: the internet fucked the industry, really did. You know, 
because I t- I'll explain to you why. I'll explain to you why. In my opinion, I'll explain to you why. So beforehand, you know, a musician like, for instance, you or I or whoever it may be, will go into the studio, would pay a certain amount of money to get a product and get a few songs recorded. Okay. So that would have cost you, well, we'll just say for argument's sake, a thousand pounds. I know that's unrealistic, but we'll say a thousand pounds. Okay. So that's a thousand pounds of your own money that you had to invest in for your recording. Okay. That you probably couldn't afford. So the only way you were going to get that money back again was to physically sell CDs, go out and do shows, sell merchandise, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And that was great because before, just slightly before my time, and even in my time back in the day, these these banks, oh sorry, these record labels <laughs> would come along and say, Well, I really like your songs, and you know, we want you to record a full album, and here's 50 grand, and here's a producer, and here's this, and don't worry about that money. That money is recoupable, you, you know. We'll take that off. That we, you know, we'll come to an agreement. We'll cut it. We'll, you know, we give you thirty percent of your income of the income of the sales, and we take the seventy percent until that's recouped, and then the royalty dropped down, and you'll still make money. Blah blah blah. So you didn't really worry about it. There was always an income of money. Whereas, you didn't worry because you were told to not worry about it. Well, basically, yeah, you were told not to worry about it. You know, and money was it was everywhere. It was everywhere. You know, and if you were lucky enough to get a record deal, you got a lot of money thrown at your band. And it was it was awesome. You were you know you're buying new guitars, you're drinking, you were doing whatever you want. Blah blah blah. Interest rates were cheap and houses were cheap and yeah, all that kind of <laughs> shit. But the internet came along, and then there was a new breed of people who basically they were able to access money or access bonds, access music for pretty much free. Napster being the main culprit, you know. So people was it was expected. You know, people didn't want to pay for music, which left the artist in an awful position because they wanted it was their livelihood. For a lot of people, it was their livelihood. So there was no real income because you know, people were just sharing their music online on through Napster in the beginning. And there was no money for the for the people who were actually making the music. And people become very self-entitled and say, well, I don't want to pay for fucking songs. I want it for free. And it kind of snowballed in the whole big thing. Yeah, I, I just, I'm going to rebuttal this because I know a lot of people of your... Hmm. Uh, your generation think that they sort of think, you know, the internet killed the music scene, you know, whatever. Before we were sharing music online, yeah. we were going to concerts and sharing tapes. People were just, you know, like handing each other tapes and stuff like yeah. that for free, you know. Yeah. The the real problem that happened when the internet started was the industry didn't react quick enough. And that's they, a cop that's a cop out. And well, they've never reacted quick enough. When they did react, they reacted on the offense and they started suing everyone, suing Napster and LimeWire and all these, you know, all these uh, digital freedom agencies that were giving away music for free. What they should have done instead was probably created their own either Spotify or way of sell- selling albums online properly and made it more enticing than LimeWire and Napster and things How like that. They, well, just, you know, they've got the resources to make a website. You know, you make a really decent website that's got the got the songs, but you know, oh, if you download this song, you might be in a chance to win gig tickets or something like that. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's actually that's, that's called iTunes. Yeah, but Apple made iTunes. Yeah, but Apple's not a record label as such. No, they're not. Apple dominated the uh, the music industry by making iTunes when they yeah, weren't no, allowed. No, 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 it's Spotify. Spotify dominates everything. But it's if the re- if the record labels had done it, then. It wouldn't have made any difference. You think? I, I, I don't agree. No. I, firm, I firmly believe, you know, listen, I'm not going to paint the record labels to be the great, and you know, they're not the great and saviors of, of anything at all. In fact, a lot of the record labels were sharks, you know, and screwed a lot of people out of money. A lot of bands out of money because they, they basically owned their catalogue of music. 
Mm. Well, look at what's happening with Taylor Swift at the minute. (laughs) Yeah, well, like the Beatles didn't even own their own music for a long time, Mm. you know? But the problem in my eyes was, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what business model you have as far as Spotify or Napster or a record label or whatever. People these days, for the good or for the bad, don't want to pay for music the way they used to pay for it. Now, having said that, there's a lot of people of my age, you know, over 35, in their 40s, whatever, who still, you know, value, put value on a physical CD, put value on, you know, I get gratification for actually buying a physical CD or a vinyl or whatever. Whereas younger people, I'm not, not pointing the finger at you or, or your demographic, but a lot of younger people just don't want to pay. You know, all their music is on, on, on an iPod. You know, all their music is on Spotify that they access on their phone. They don't have CDs. It's on an iPod, is it? Yeah, yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) You know, an iPhone, whatever. But, you know, they don't have CDs. They don't have vinyls. No, I know friends of mine who've got thousands of vinyls, thousands of CDs. How many CDs do you have in your own? Uh, About eight. And they're the ones I've worked on. You see up here? Up here on this shelf, there's there's probably... uh, 10 CDs and they're, they're, they're records that I've recorded and produced where someone's yeah. given like me. If you, if you, if I come into you tomorrow and say, Oh, out of here, this great band in London, they're called whatever. How would you access that money in music? Would, would you go to, there's no, like, would you go to HMV to buy the CD? <laughs> no, you go to your phone straight away. You go, Oh, hold on. And you would have the band found in less than 30 seconds. You play a sample. If you liked it, you would download the song. You know what I mean? Whereas back in my day, like for, I give you a perfect example. Okay, so this is circa 1989. <laughs> okay, so a friend of mine, a friend of ours, when we were kids, running around, come with this little tape thing, put it in this tape player, and this noise come out of the thing, and we're, what the fuck is that? Who is that band? What is that? What is what is this music? It was Welcome to the Jungle, Guns and Roses. We hadn't heard, any, heard anything like that before, right? Now he was the only one that had the, the physical music of it, right? He was fortunate enough that he had a double date player and he taped a couple of copies for us. Now, you're going to say, well, that's the same as you downloading music now for free. No, because the thing about it was we all waited. We went to the local record store and ordered. It was it was tapes and vinyls at that point. There was no such thing as CDs. And all, every one of us ordered, you know, Appetite for Destruction, right? And then we maybe the following week went in to the music shop and we bought uh, Metal Hammer and we saw a picture of Guns N' Roses and we wanted more, and we wanted more, and that spread. It was word of mouth spread, and everyone was waiting for tour dates. And Guns N' Roses never played in Ireland, not until '92. I mean, if they come to the UK, they played, you know, the Hammersmith Apollo and the yeah. Angels, you know, all these bands, and that's how we discovered bands, you know, and that's how we got their music. It cost us whatever it was at that point, if you quit to buy a, 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 a tape. But now, like I say, if someone said to you, "Well, is this that the other band?" You just left your phone straight away. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah you, you say that, but you know, the phone isn't free. The you know, if you've got Spotify, it's 10 quid a month, which 10 you, quid a month, yeah, which oh. you hope is 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 paying artists. And I mean, come on, you don't you don't feel bad for the, the filmmakers on Netflix, you know, paying five pounds a month, five pounds a month. Do you know how much films cost to make 200 million? But the difference is Netflix pays the production companies 200 million to make those films. Okay, well, we'll get on to if Spotify's fair or not later. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Let's move through time a bit. So MySpace, yeah. unfortunately, Tom from MySpace sold MySpace. But having, no, just to finish that point about MySpace, the, it's a double-edged sword because 
MySpace allowed your band or your music to get out into the ether, you know, for potentially hundreds, millions of people to actually hear your songs at a click of a button. So that's the upside. There's it worked well. There's a few people. It worked, it worked well for Arctic Monkeys. And it worked. Well, for, it, worked it worked well for million dollar. It worked well for a while. Yeah. Also, you know, no, there's no doubt about it. It helped a while for a while. But so, if you were trying to make any kind of money out of it to sustain your band, no, it didn't make any money. So after that, Tom from MySpace sold MySpace and okay. it went down the pan. Okay. And then Zuckerberg starts the Facebook. The Facebook. I remember getting it in 2008, I think it was, or maybe 2007. I can't remember what. what. Yeah. I, I've got a feeling I've had it for about 13 years, which is crazy. When yeah, I think, I think Million Dollar, our band Million Dollar Reload, I think we just got in on Facebook as it was starting to catch on and kick off. Yeah. When it really started to mean something and was a vehicle to really get your band out there, you know, set aside the financial gains because there was none, but that was the vehicle to get your band out. The, what, what I found interesting over the lifespan of Facebook is I remember in the early days how easy it was to promote using Facebook. Yeah. You know, you could, you could pin YouTube videos mm-hmm. and they would play automatically and things like that. Mm-hmm. You could message everyone who follows you. Uh, you could have a you could have an event and you could message all of them, you know, the same message and things like that. Yeah. It's yeah. gotten gradually and gradually harder and harder to actually use Facebook as a quality promotional tool. Well, it, than, than it was in the early days. Yes. Yeah, Definitely. it was very easy. It was really yes. easy. Yeah, I think I think I think it's a case of Facebook because it's a business as well, and you know, it's not that they need the money, but <laughs> you know, but they're 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 making money. From yeah. you know, it costs you money to promote your event. It costs you money. You know, you have to sponsor. You know, it's called sponsoring in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, whatever it is, you know, ten ten dollars for a day or two days, whatever. So that's how they're making the revenue with sponsorships and blah blah blah. But yes, it is gradually getting more difficult. Yes, to promote. Your but, I mean, I I would have to say for any one of our level of band, you know, whether you've got four thousand or ten thousand fans, mm. I have never made a penny from Facebook. Well. You say that, but I've given them lots of pennies. Yes, you have, but you got to think of it as an investment as well, though. So if you spend a hundred quid on promoting your band for an event, you know, for a gig, right, or for a tour, even for instance, a mm. handful of shows, there's probably more often than not, there's going to be quite a few people who will come to see the show on the back of actually seeing a reminder that your show's coming up. So they're going to pay whatever it is your ticket price is. They're going to come to your show. They're going to, you know, buy drinks at the bar and hopefully maybe pick up a CD or a T-shirt at the end of the night. That's so the end goal, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it kind of levels itself out a bit if you use it in the right way. You know, you can't just expect to put up one post for your tour or a gig and expect your venue to be sold out if you're an unknown band like we are. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. But if you put a little bit of money in, and I've seen this in action for myself, I've saw this in action and seen, saw it working for other bands. You know, I know a guy we we know an artist together. We know an artist who spent 500 quid on Facebook alone for 10 shows. And he was unknown. Let's be real. He was, I'm not going to name him because I don't want to embarrass him, but he was pretty much unknown. But he spent 500 quid of his own money out of his own pocket to promote these shows. That he, I think he spent like, it was like 70 quid per show. Yeah, yeah. It was a constant thing. It was on your feet all the time. It was, it was getting to the point where, you know, you're on Facebook, you're going, oh, Jesus, not again. But it worked for him. Because we, when, we, when we went to the shows, there were 70% sold out. Mm. 
And a lot of those people that were going, you know, people did say they went to the sugar so they saw the advert on Facebook. So he was getting the ticket price and he was probably, let's just say, 10% of the audience bought a little bit of merch. So he was getting it back that way as well. So it did work and it does work if you can utilize it well. Yeah. Can work. Can work. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, what I have to say, there's a band called The Hunter. Um, okay. And five or six years ago, they were taken on by a manager. And I think, I can't remember what the number was, but it was in the thousands, probably in the tens of thousands. Mm. And they were just promoting on Facebook all the time. Every everything they did was promoted on Facebook solidly. They're yeah. a they're a sellout band now. You know, they'll well uh you know, I know someone who was supporting them on their their last tour, you know, and they were selling out Rock City and places like that, yeah. you know, O2 Academies and stuff like that. So all of that initial investment into advertising has obviously paid off now because yeah, they can and that's where a lot that's where you know the first time I met you. When we had a brief conversation that night at the bar, you know, when you handed mm. me your CD, the first thing I said to you was, "What is your plan?" What's your plan? Yeah, you know, because you got to have a plan for advertising and promoting your band. It's okay having the, you know, your products there. You've got your product. You've got a great CD. You've got a great collection of songs, like you have. But if Thank no you. one hears them, no one gets to hear them. And how are you going to get them to hear? Well, you need to entice people and advertising on Facebook or whatever it is is the way to go. In my opinion, and I, I you know. It's hard to it's hard to persuade, you know. Let's just say a record label that does that kind of thing, or back in the day would have done that thing. It's hard to persuade a record label to invest in your band if you're not willing to invest in your own band yourself. M meaning, if you're not willing to put your hand in your pocket to spend five hundred quid, a thousand pound on PR, that's worthwhile, not just willy nilly. That's targeted and worthwhile. Should you really expect a record label to take a chance on you where they're going to spend thousands of pounds on you? Mm. You know. So anyone who puts their hand in their pocket and spends money on proper PR, proper advertising, you got to tip your hat to them and say, at least they're having a go. They're trying. Yeah. They're trying. Yeah. And it will show, won't it? It will show on your always will. social it always media. Will. It always Things will. Like yeah. So a couple of years after Facebook, we get Twitter. Did you ever get into Twitter properly? Or? Yeah, well, Twitter become too political. It wasn't really a vehicle for music. Yes, you could advertise your band and say, well, we're playing this show and such a day. But Twitter for me was never really... I've never opinion. found it in, in any way useful for advertising. Not really. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. It, it, Twitter is more of a, you know, they talk about keyboard warriors. Like Twitter is that, that is what Twitter is for. I tell you, I, I think the, the the main pull of Twitter, I remember in the early days, and I remember someone saying to me, they followed Gordon Ramsay, you know, or something yeah. like that. They followed, you know, a, a celebrity, Ricky Gervais or something like that. Yeah. And thinking, what, they've got, they've got an account on this, you know, why is, why is a celebrity got an account? And that was the first kind of, why is why is celebrities taking over this a platform? You know, and then and then you start following Gordon Ramsay and hearing what he has to say, you know, when he's on the toilet or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like Twitter, Twitter is okay, you know, for just flicking through and reading little, you know, strap lines of things, yeah. little bits of you know, just small little bits. But it's not really a. It's it's you know, for me, Twitter now, you know, I can't stay away from it because it's really really political. It's just too political, you know, and I really couldn't be bothered with that sort of shit. You know? It's not worth getting into the argument, no, is it? No, either get the vaccine or don't. Easy. <laughs> let's but not it. talk about, let's not get political on this show. No. no. <laughs> all, all I'm going to say is, all I'm going to say is, fair play to Australia, and we'll leave it at that. The, um, I remember when I, in the early days of Twitter, I had a friend 
who knew how to do Twitter really well. Yeah. And she had, you know, like a few thousand followers. Mm. And I would always, I'd keep saying, I'd, I'd go to her sort of like once a month to say, can you just tweet about my band or, you know, whatever yeah. song. Yeah. I've got a new song. Can you tweet about a new song? Yeah. And then uh, the same thing happened on, on Instagram where a friend of mine, he's like a, he was a male model and he had tens of thousands of followers, maybe even like a hundred thousand followers. And he was just, a, he was just one of my brother's mates. So I'd see in the pub all the time. Yeah. And I'd say, can we have a picture together? You know, post this picture and promote, help me promote my music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was a cool tool. Yes. That was, that was using someone else's clout, I guess. Yeah. To... Absolutely. Like for instance, I remember for a brief period of time, there was ways, uh, there was me, I can't remember the, the way and how it worked, but for instance, let's just say for argument's sake, say you were on Twitter, say, say Addy and the Wolves was on Twitter and you had like a hundred followers, for argument's sake, you had a hundred followers, right? So you, you put out a tweet and these hundred people see your, tw your tweet or whatever, and maybe you get a couple of retweets and a couple of likes or whatever. But just say for instance, Lady Gaga, we'll pluck a name, Lady Gaga saw your tweet and liked it. She retweeted that. that. You cannot put a price on that. No. Yeah, that's right. You, know, you just simply cannot put a price of the awareness that it will the awareness that it would raise for Eddie and the Wolves through Lady Gaga or a big time musician that retweets, oh, I find this band Eddie and they're really cool. Check out the song. But that's because they've got a dedicated fan base who loves music. Of hundreds of millions. Yeah. yeah. You know? Only if it's good enough for Lady Gaga, it's good enough for them. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? They've got so, they've got a country's worth of fun, oh, don't they? It would change your life overnight. Yeah. You know? Although. Some of those fans can be very naive. Do you remember the time Kanye West on a record with Paul McCartney? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I remember. And they were saying, who's Paul McCartney? I know. No, the funny thing about it was, it was being retweeted by Kanye's friends or uh, followers. And they were going, oh, Kanye, Kanye is just going to make this guy Paul. He's going to change his career. Change his career. Yeah, yeah. Make him amazing. Paul McCartney. Are you <laughs> yeah. So that way, it, it, Twitter was funny in that way as well. And, a, and a recent, something recently happened of the same uh, ilk where uh, Post Malone did a song with Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Who's who's Ozzy Osbourne? Who's this old bloke on his, you know? That's it. You know, that's, <laughs> the, that's, the, that's the killer thing. That, you know, you sit back and you, you, you someone tells you about that, that happened on Twitter and you just, you can't help but have a little chuckle to yourself and go, yeah. Oh. You know, you feel like just patting those people in the head and going, aww. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's Ozzy Osbourne? <laughs> so after after Twitter came Instagram. Instagram's still pretty prevalent right now, though, isn't it? I would have to say it might be dying its death a little bit. It might be dying its death, but it's still it's still there or thereabouts. Yeah, I mean, if it was to if it was to suddenly vanish tomorrow, you know, mm. millions of people would lose their livelihood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You no know, influencers. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, you know. Loads of people would would, and not just influencers, but people who you know, small businesses who make yeah. those cute little products that sit on your shelf and cost one hundred and twenty quid. I think it's, Instagram has been really good for that. Though it's been really good for the small man, mm. you know, where you can't interact with the bigger ones. You know, Twitter was kind of like, like I said, for me, it was a bit too political. But Instagram, you can't connect with people in, you know, in a much higher level than you. You know, small little businesses, small little bands can connect with big bands and stuff. And, you know, I think Instagram's got value. In my opinion, it's got definitely. Value. I mean, definitely for the last 10 years, it's been, yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's been 10 years, if it's 10 years old or not, but I seem to remember it being about 10 yeah. years old. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's definitely been good to have. Mm. The internet has changed the game and that's it. It's as simple as that. And all, you know, we're talking about the different platforms. Each platform as we go through changes the game a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, well, you get, 
all of a sudden you're not just sending out words you're just sending out a picture you know yeah. or yeah and you, you can do a lot i think you can do a lot more different but things in a picture do you know what do you know what grind my gears though <laughs> go on you know, you've got like you know proper ass rock stars and proper big names who've got instagram accounts and they've got like what's this for argument's sake 30 million followers whatever it may be and they follow two people <laughs> yeah that winds me up it's like what well, they don't use it to, they don't use it to, I mean, I, I think a lot of the time as well, it's not even them using the Instagram account. It's, no, it's probably you know, their, it's, you know, yeah, some 18 year old girl behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you actually can. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember we had someone, a million dollar was, was taking care of our social media accounts because more because we weren't that sure how to use it effectively, whereas yeah. they were younger and they did know how to use it effectively. So we, you know, give a person a few quid to, to run it correctly for us. And yeah. it helped. It definitely did. It definitely helped. They knew where to put it and who to connect it with and X, Y, and Z. So it worked. It does work. It does work. You know, as much as it pisses me off to say it, it does work. Yeah. You know? There is there is a thing. I think if someone did have 30 million followers yeah. and they just followed you, mm. those 30 million followers would want to know why. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, it's kind of Instagram, Instagram-y and it's kind of Twitter-y, but Axel Rose, like he's got 10 million followers and he doesn't follow a single person. You know, not one. Yeah, that that's well. I, I mean, that that's either he's not in control of the account. Oh, he absolutely is, though. He absolutely oh, is. But it's probably it's probably a beautiful ego lift to him. You know, I don't follow anyone; they all follow me. Well, what about Lewis? Lewis Hamilton recently unfollowed everybody. Did he really? Yeah, after he lost the world championship. Yeah. He unfollowed everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, think was, I think he was huffing though. To be a bit honest. bitter about that. A little bit huffy. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. It depends how you want to use social media. If you want to, if you want to use it to create a sort of family environment where all of your fans can connect to you, yeah. and you know you follow some of your fans or you follow um, accounts that can outreach to the fans yes. for you yes. in any way, yeah. then that that in that in turn creates a stronger bond with the people who are coming to your shows and buying. Well, your and stuff. You know, that, yes, and that is the key to that is the key to everything. Is you know. We can have Facebook, we can have Twitter, we can have Instagram, we can have all these accounts, all these platforms to reach other people. But if it's just a, like a kind of cold, you know, like a distance where mm. it's, you only interact with them when you want to, well, then it's defeating the purpose. You know, you, the the idea is to make it feel like a family, like you say. Is to, you know, every every single fan of Eddie and the Wolves, every single person who's a follower of you on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, they want to be connect, connected to your band. They want to feel kind of ownership in some way. They want it, they want it to feel personal, which is a good thing. That's, you know, that's what music's all about, is about connecting people anyway. That's what so, they've come to expect now as well. Yeah, so. and, and it, that's a good expectation. I think mm. that's a good expectation. You know, it's a more personal thing. Yeah. Definitely is, definitely is. So when Axel Rose doesn't follow anyone... But Axel's Axel. Yeah, well, but he's, you know, he's 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 done the thing, hasn't he? And he's he doesn't... There. He didn't have to. Well, he, he, was, he was there in the beginning. He had his nose yeah. in stone, man. His nose <laughs> in stone. But he doesn't have to connect with anyone. He doesn't have to create a family. You know, no. it's, he's it's, got millions. It doesn't matter to him at all. Yeah. It would have be to interesting, add- though. It would be interesting to know how bands would have succeeded or not succeeded in the seventies, in the sixties and seventies, if all these internet platforms were around at that time. You know, the Beatles, the Stones, SEDC, Iron Maiden, whatever. The bands that are supergroups now, that have always been supergroups and always will be. The legacy yeah. bands. The legacy bands. Where yeah. would they, how would they have managed it? How would it work for them? Well, I mean, how would they have done it in the early days might have been a stretch. Difficult, you know. 
But it's new ground. Every with every new social media platform, it's yeah. you're breaking new ground. Yeah, and I, and I, I kind of sound a little bit bitter and resentful about it, but that's only because, you know, it's probably just because I'm a product of the old school, and I would have liked to have seen it stay old school. But you know, you have to. Life moves on. The industry moves on. Technology moves. You just have to move with it. And if you don't move with it, you get left behind, and that's just how it is. You know. Unless you're already massive, like Axl Rose. Well, they're already massive, but they still have to play the game to it. You know, most yeah. bands still have to play the game. And you can make it fun. You can, absolutely. You absolutely can make it fun. You know, it doesn't have to be work. No, nope. no, 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 definitely not. You can make it fun, you can make it interesting, you can make it work for you. You can make I'm it enjoyable. I'm going to bring up uh, something that I think you'll find really funny. Um, there's a group on Facebook called, uh, I think it's called The, Lo- the Local Band. Okay. Um, or like, uh, yeah, that local band it's called, right? Mm. Um, and so it's, it's usually they just post things um, that are sort of, I think we'd find funny as sort of like the level we're at. So yeah, yeah. things like, you know, it's big things coming when the band changes their profile picture. Ooh. <laughs> they are announcing a four-day tour. Yeah. <laughs> of the local county. Yeah. And things like, you know, uh, Oh, oh! I'm sorry. We've been so quiet recently. Yeah, there are yeah. there's there's so many of these uh, cliches that I hate, and uh, this this page is brilliant for all that okay. stuff. Are you going to show it to me? Can I show it to you on this? Yeah. Can I, share my t- I don't yeah, know. If I don't know if I'm well equi- equipped to that. Yeah, just a share screen on your share screen part of the Zoom, and then add, add me, and you can share. It. And then it'll come up on the screen. We can answer. I don't actually know how to do that. Um, <gasps> uh, oh my god, God! Are you are you telling me you're not tax savvy? <gasps> I'm shocked. No, I'm not. Not on this. But anyway, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh read, read me out a few. Read me out. A few. I'll read read you out a few. Yeah, yeah. Um, you sort of have to find the find the good stuff, don't you? Yeah. Well, the thing about it is, you know, a lot of people, like you say, it does make me laugh sometimes when you, you know you know a band that are they've got you know on any given night if they're playing a show, ten people are going to show up, but. Mm. If you read their Facebook's post, it's like, you know, they've got thousands and thousands of fans and followers and it's like so meaningful. And you got to take a hat off and go, man, they're trying. They are trying, you know? I'm, not, I'm never, ever going to knock anyone for trying, you know? 100%. You know? So read me out one. Re- uh, lost I, should, I should have prepared this before. Is it, there's, there's a good comment here. It says, uh, I went 17 years without changing the strings on one of my basses. Had an amazing dark tone. Currently on eight years, hoping to recreate it. <laughs> excellent, excellent. But just, yeah. All the stuff, you know, um, and pictures of, you know, when you walk into a venue, it's just a tiny little stage. Yeah, you know, there. Yeah. There. We talked yeah. about that last episode, didn't we? Oh my God. <laughs> just the I'm stuff. Sure there'll, be, there'll be plenty more small stages, I'm sure. The stuff that you see all the time from bands on Facebook, you know, where, like I say, where it's, oh, we're sorry, we've been quiet lately, or, yeah, you know, yeah. um, hey guys, we've been keeping this one secret. Come, come back here at 6 p.m. for for more information, you know. Yeah, yeah. People people won't come back at 6 p.m. Just share the information. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you don't, you don't need to preempt a strike. Just, just strike. Yeah, <laughs> strike. Just make a strike, man. The yeah. iron will never be hot, unfortunately. So just do it. <laughs> you know, you've got my attention now for the next two and a half seconds. Get it out there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you know, you don't know if if that if you say, "Oh, we're going to release something at six, you don't know who's going to see that. You're expecting every thousand people to see that. 
you know, on your page. And then you're also expecting the thousand people to see it at six as well. Yeah. And it just it doesn't work like that. Not really, no. Unless you're, unless you're a, a, you know, a band that haven't done anything for a while that are a bigger band. You know, like if SDDC said we're releasing a new song at six o'clock. That's now different, yeah. Go. Well, that's news, isn't it? Exactly. But for it's... Eddie and the Wolves or Blackwater Conspiracy, we say we're releasing a song at six o'clock, people are going, and what? Yeah, just release what? it. It yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. I'm making my, I'm having a cup of tea at six o'clock. I'm making enough time. Yeah. You're much better. I think you're much better posting the song and then getting 20 of your mates to like it and share it. You know, yeah. you, you, there are people in your life that you can hassle. Yeah, say, of, course, you know, of course, of course. Get on with this. Yeah. And then that'll, that'll eventually put it in more people's pages. And, but, but it's the attention all... span. It's the attention span of people these days is not what it used to be because there's so much other stuff out there. Yeah. That's why, you know? I find it weird. I find it weird that TV and music have sort of flip-flopped because back in the day, you'd buy a CD and you'd listen to the whole CD. Yeah. And you'd go, that was a great CD. Mm. Um, but also back in the day, when you get a TV show, you'd watch one episode a week because that's the only way you could watch it, you know, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Yeah. But now, when a TV show comes out, you watch the whole thing. You watch the whole thing in one go. And yep. you go, oh, that was good. And I've forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. But when an album comes out, you have to listen sort of one a week to get your head around it. You know, well, that's the way we're releasing it at the minute, one a week or one, a, one every mm -hmm. month or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And th there is there is some bands that do that, though. You know, there is some bands that release a song once a month. Mm. You know, they're, they're few and far between, but there, there are bands that do that, you know. But it's... That's, that's what we did in the first year of it. Yeah. We're releasing, you know, a song every couple of months. But that was the way... That was probably due to... Because that's the only way you could do it. Maybe you didn't yeah. have enough money to record the album at that point and get it out there. You know, we were... Million Dollar and Blackwater, like I said, we are, we're still old school in so far as, you know, we have a bunch of songs and we, we wait to have them recorded on an album and then we put the album back. We play the songs at the show beforehand yeah. and see how they go and see how they work out and do people like them and they dig in the song or whatever. But we don't really do drip, you know, drip feed. We kind of get it out in one go. Yeah, like a big yeah. explosion rather. Yeah, yeah. You have to work hard to get the the tail end of the explosion to keep. It's very hard. you got to have all your ducks lined up and you got to have the plan, their plan. Yeah. The My plan. next album is going to be called The Plan. The Master Plan. <laughs> you know? um, so then so, after in Instagram, there was... Well, uh, after Instagram, there was Vine, which was short-lived. That passed me by. Six-second videos. That was it. You got six seconds. Wow, okay. Um, and then, yeah, so then and then Instagram, they... So where did they, Vivo fit in this? Oh, Vivo. Vivo. Oh, Vivo. I'm not too sure. But that's that's a that's sort of connected with YouTube, isn't it? Is it still a thing? Yeah, I think they. Um, well, to be honest, I'm not too sure how they work, but I think they're uh, they're like a company that works alongside the artists and YouTube. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, Vine short lived, and then there was another thing called Musically, which was a similar thing. Possibly you would have missed that. Well. Yeah. And then that turned into what we know now as TikTok. Here's the thing: it's about TikTok. So. <laughs> My brother is a marketing kind of guy, and about oh, five years ago, you know, he kind of keeps on top of all this kind of shit. And he called me up and he says, You know, you got to get your band on the TikTok. And I go, What? You said five years ago. Honestly, five years ago. Said, I think it's two, think two, two, three years ago, maybe. Okay, well, maybe two or three. Yeah, years. yeah. Way back, it seemed like a long time to me, but he called me up and he said, You got to get your band on TikTok. I said, Why? He says, TikTok is the next big thing. He says, It's mm. going to explode. It's going to help a lot of bands. Get your band on it. And I flat out, flat out ignored him. 
thought he was talking shit. I thought it was like TikTok or another thing. No, nothing's ever going to replace Facebook. Nothing. But Look at it now. How wrong can you be? Billion active users. Well, this is it. You know? The thing about the thing I've found with TikTok is it's very easy to blow up a video, but you have to be throwing shit at the wall all the time. We see, I'm not really a TikTok kind of dude. You know, I, I don't. I'm not an active user yet. Yeah. You know, I don't really know. I don't really know how it works. To be fair, that's. Well, well, I mean, me and my wife do videos on it. Well, I've saw your videos. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like maybe little covers or... Yeah, your Van, Halen, your Van Halen thing is pretty damn good. I like oh, it. thanks very much. <laughs> Excellent. But yeah, I mean, it's you either you either have fun with it and don't take it too seriously, mm. or I think you have to take it really seriously and make it your life and do five videos a day. You know, and the thing is, they'll go out to a small number of people and if they like it, it'll go to a bigger number number of people, and it can just yeah. steamroll. So the, the the Van Halen video you're talking about of me, yeah, I put it out, ten likes, thought, okay, that's it, done. About, you know, that evening, I've done it in the morning. That evening, I was putting the kids to bed, and um, Shah comes bursting and she says, "Have you seen Have you seen your video?" I said, "No, what's happened?" It's got ten thousand views, and it, you know, a thousand likes or whatever. So that, how is how is that possible? You know, how is it just how has it done that? Well, well, number one, it was pretty good. Thank you very number much. Number two, <laughs> number two, you could see that you weren't taking yourself seriously with the fucking headband thingy. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. That's what made me watch it though. It was like, okay, I'm gonna see what this dude's all about. Yeah, yeah. I, I had saw that video before I'd actually um spoken to you face to face, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason that I had saw you was because we happened to be in a bar and we saw you play. Yeah. And then I don't know. I was looking, I was actually looking for something on TikTok. And you come up, I don't know how it come up, but it come up. It was so good. It was really good. And you've done a few other ones. You know, there's been the. Uh, yeah, I've done like Alice Cooper and ACD yeah. and stuff. Yeah. The thing that attracted me was you were doing you were doing stuff that I thought to myself, that guy's way too young to be doing shit like that. <laughs> you know, you were doing songs that were from my era. Yeah, yeah. But that's the know, stuff that that's the stuff that I really that's the stuff that got me into playing guitar is that classic rock stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, recently I did recently I did a couple of videos where, um, do you remember the, do you remember the game guitar hero? Yes. That's, I mean, that's part of the reason why I learned guitar was guitar hero. That's a, that's a lot of, that's a reason why a lot of guys learned guitar, yeah. guys learned guitar was for guitar, wasn't through guitar hero. You know? so I, and that, I went, back in the day, back, back in the day, that was a thing, you know, I actually know a few bands who got their songs on guitar hero. Yeah, yeah. If you got a song on Guitar Hero, again, that was wor worth its weight in gold, you know? Yeah, 100%. Because kids were playing their shit. And there was a song by a band called, um, was it Dragon Force? Yeah, that's right. Through the Fire and Flames. Yeah. Like, that was the thing. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like Guitar Hero level 10. Yeah. Well, you're able to play that from Guitar Hero. It was like, wow. That's the thing. If so, I had, I had my brother's guitar and I learned, and I started learning all the riffs. Yeah. from the thing. So in this video I did on TikTok, it was how many riffs can I remember, you know, 15 years later? Yes. Sort of thing. And I did quite a few, to be honest. I, yeah. I still knew, you know, load of the load of the old stuff, like, uh, yeah. you know, whatever was on there. I can't, I can't, can't remember, but if I pull the list up, you know, it's we're talking about a game that was released in like 2005. Yeah. And um, all the songs... All the songs are from like the 80s and mm. 70s and stuff, aren't they? Yeah, all the good stuff. 
So Queens of the Stone Age, Sex Pistols, Heart, Slipknot, yeah. Santana, mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine, Smashing yeah. Pumpkins, a lot of like 90s stuff there as well. Yeah. Pearl Jam, Slash, yeah. Tom Morello, Block Party, Muse, <laughs> ZZ Top, Tenacious D, <laughs> Iron Maiden, Metallica, Rolling Stones, Black Sabbath, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. I mean, that's that, they're the reasons why you want to play guitar, isn't it? Those guys. Yeah, yeah. And those guys, you know, some people would say, "Well, I'm not really into those. I'm not really into that band. I'm into Arcade Fire. I'm into this or the other band." Without realizing that Arcade Fire and bands like that were influenced by Sabbath yeah. and whatever, you know. I, yeah, I remember hearing an interview with Two Door Cinema Club, and they yeah, were even they were saying, even they were saying, "Oh yeah, we we started learning Metallica when we were young." Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how do you go from Metallica to you know plinky plonky indie songs? There's obviously there's obviously a a way, isn't there? Yeah. Well, you know, you find you find what you're good at and stuff. Yeah. With it, you know. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay loving Slipknot and loving Metallica and loving Iron Maiden, but there is only one Metallica. There is only one. Yeah. Iron you're never going to batter that, you know. But you can you can learn a lot from it and take absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. of course you can. Absolutely, you know. I'm heavily influenced by Aerosmith and ACDC, but that's it. It's only an influence. You know, yeah. never be. You know, you're never going to get to that level. You're never going to write songs of that ilk. Well, you, you nearly did get to that level, didn't you? Well, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But um, so then after Instagram, we went to. Where are we at now? Well, we're at TikTok now, so we're sort of, we're at the present. What about Spotify? Well, Spotify, I wouldn't class as social media until now. Mm -hmm. Because I I believe they've they've started changing things, Spotify have. Have they really? Um, So Spotify is changing it, changing its sort of structure a bit, and it will become more of a social media platform. So I mean, right now it's 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 a it's a YouTube kind of thing, isn't it? You know, you 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 put your you put your music on there, yeah, and just sort of maybe wait to see if it's doing well, yeah. But I believe that um, they are changing things on Spotify, where they'll have sort of their own sharing platform for you to share photos and videos and things like that. Yeah, but is it going to be in favor of the artist or in favor of Spotify? Well. Do you think Facebook's in favour of the artist or in favour of Facebook? Well, all these businesses are in favour of themselves. Yeah. But Spotify are the main culprit, you know, for not paying a, a, a reward to the artist. That's why a lot of bands didn't, you know, Taylor Swift, Adele. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of those bands refused to have their music on Spotify for a long time, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's got a, it's got a very big user base. So if you're going to yeah. say I don't want my stuff on Spotify mm. for something that basically costs nothing mm. to get your songs on Spotify, mm. you know, you, know, you got you got to weigh up the options. So you know, you look at it from the point of view of okay, so Spotify, I'm going to put my music on Spotify, and potentially there's thousands of people who will hear my music and share my music to more people, or you refuse to put your, your your music on Spotify and print your CDs and sell them from your website, sell them at shows, whatever, whatever, whatever. What is the biggest gain here? And, you know, what is going to be most beneficial to you as an artist? I pose the question to you. Uh, you know, well, it, doesn't really, it doesn't affect me either way now because no, yeah. the tail end of yeah. the career kind of thing whereas you're just getting going. I, I would have to say if you're not involved in it, in everything, mm. then you're not taking advantage of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 
for years, me and my friends were all happy to put our music on SoundCloud. You know, mm. it's only it's, it seems to be only recently that this topic's come up that Spotify don't pay their artists well and things like that. Um, you know, maybe here's the thing, Ed. Here's the thing, though. You know, you know, you're in a kind of a relatively fortunate position that you get your own studio. You know, you record your own music. You don't have to pay a studio to record your music. You can, you can do it yourself. You're well savvy in it all, so that's good. And a lot of younger kids are that way inclined as well. A lot of people do have their stuff. You, know, you, you can record your, you can record an album in your bedroom. Doesn't mean you should, but you can, right? So the actual creative process is, is not a laborious task anymore to, to end up with the product that you can put on Spotify or any of the, the sharing platforms or whatever. So that's not the problem. But your time and energy is good into that. And surely you want rewarded in some way. If you want to sustain a career, it's okay. Saying, well, yeah, well, I can record my own music and put it in certain platforms or whatever. I'm not going to make any money of it. That's fine. But that's not going to pay your bills. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did see recently how much, how many plays you'd have to make to make minimum wage. And it's like a million a month or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Per month. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm not saying that you shouldn't show your music. What I'm saying is that artists should be rewarded for their art. You know? Should they? Does anyone owe them anything? No. You know, if I but, if I paint a picture, am I instantly, you know, do I instantly need gratification for that picture? It's the same thing. I mean, if you're going to put... I disagree. I don't think it's the same thing at all because you're creating something that you're putting out on the ether, okay? You know, if you want to buy a, a painting, you can buy a painting if you want to, right? But putting your music out... People access that music whether you want it or not accessed. It's going to get accessed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, you would you'd only put it on for it to be accessed though, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. But how do you how do you sustain that though? You know, can you build a career from that? You just have to think of it as more of like the Spotify is yeah, Spotify is is a great big poster outside your window mm. to a billion people that says, listen yeah. to my music. So how, so having said that then, so how how does an artist because, you know, you've got bills to pay. Everyone's got bills to pay. You've got kids to feed. You've got a wife to take care of. You've got a mortgage to pay for. You've got a car payment. You have this, you have that, or the other, right? So if you're giving your music, you know, it takes time and energy to record your music. Mm. It takes a lot of time to do it. It takes the, the creative process to write a song, to record the song, to put the song out there. That takes a certain amount of time, okay? So you have to find a way of being able to hold down a, a regular job to pay your all your other bills. Whereas, back in the day, when people actually physically paid for your music, that was your job. Yeah, you could sustain. Yeah. You were able to pay your life, you know, you were able to pay your bills. Whereas now, you know, it's very, very difficult for a musician to make a living from, you know, I was just reading today, for instance. I was reading today about a band. They were called, I think they were called Dead Man Ritual. It was, it was Matt Sorum, Geezer Butler, uh, Stevie Stevens from Billy Idol's band or whatever. And they put a band together, Deadliner. So I actually knew one of the guys, the guitar tech for Geezer, I knew him pretty well. But that band it disappeared after a few shows. And the reason was because they were going out, you know, after Black Sabbath had finished and all the rest of it, they were going out on not the bottom level, but mid-level, right? Mm. And they didn't want to be staying in crappy hotels anymore. They didn't want to be you know, traveling in the van when they'd been used to traveling on tour buses and airplanes and whatever and five-star hotels, right? But because... They knew they weren't going to be making any money from sales from their records. They had to do the shows like every other band does. But it got, it's good, you know, obviously, yes, coronavirus interfered with that. Of course it did. 
but they were saying that you know no one at that time no no one no one now wanted to go back 15 steps from where they had been all their career because they built it up and all the rest. And that's just the reality. You know, there was no real money in the music business anymore. There really isn't, you know? So until there's some way that an artist can be rewarded for their creativity in a financial way so they can dedicate their life to it, so that they can pay their bills, their everyday bills, it's going to be very difficult. I think that's where the internet kind of ruined things. Yeah. I think there, there are ways to get over that now. And I think something like an angel investor might be good. I mean, I, I know a few people who've had a similar, you know, a similar thing where they, they basically met an older bloke mm-hmm. who has, you know, a, they've accumulated their fortune over the years Yes, and they're happy to, you know, funnel money into a young band because they think they've got something. Yeah. And how's investor getting, is their investor getting their money back some, you know, yeah, well, the, you know, I've, I've seen it happen, you know, a couple yeah. of times. But, that, but you do realise, you do appreciate that a record label was effectively an angel investor. Yeah, 100%, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yes and no, yeah. Well, the difference is, though, a record label had the infrastructure for a musician, period. Yeah. You know, they had all the, you know, the promoters, the journalists, the PR people, all, you know, maybe under the one umbrella even. So, mm. Whereas an angel investor, unless they're in, I'm coming from a music background, and just not just an investor as in like a dragon's den type thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's very, very difficult. You know, yeah, I, I'm, just, well, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering where is the next Iron Maiden coming from? Where is the next Lady Gaga coming from? Where is these Amy Winehouse? Where are these people going to come from? Yeah. If they don't have the vehicle to be able to sustain it, to do it full time. It, it depends. I think a more interesting question would be where is the, like the new independent artist going to be coming from? You know, where's the next Oasis? Yes. Where's yeah, the next Celtic yeah. Monkey is going to be coming from? Because they're the guys who sign to small, tiny labels that don't mm-hmm. have, you know, that don't have the the wedge to give them up front. Yeah, but you know, those smaller labels. You see, this is the thing as well. I, I have, you know, I find this down through my career, career too. Though that a smaller label is probably better than the bigger labels anyway. Yeah, you know, creation, the record label of your man. What was his name, Alan? The discovered Oasis. Oh, uh, is it Alan Raw? Can't remember what his name. Alan Woolley, is it? No, no. But anyway, his label was creation. They were a really small, yeah. independent label. But you know, they turned in a huge label because of this or because of Oasis. Yeah, or Sony will come and buy them out or something like that. That's, that's the, yeah. You know, that's the thing. We're, that's we're, like I know, a band, yeah, I know a band. We both know a band who are still independent, who got money thrown at them by Atlantic and they refused to sign to Atlantic Records because they knew what would happen. Mm. And now they're probably one of the most successful cult bands there's ever been, you know? But that's the story for another day. Well, but, do you, but Spotify, you reckon, is changing then? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it'll be the moneymaker. I mean, it's, I think it's always going to be the most money is in doing the shows, really. I know yeah. that's, that personally, that's where I get my real money from, you know? Is yeah, doing... and, that's where, and that's where most bands get their money from these days is, is, uh, is touring and merchandise. You know, record yeah. labels ended up coming up with a deal that they were hoping maybe would circumnavigate the internet, uh, you know, a 360 deal yeah. where everything was tied in, you know, yeah, merchandise yeah. and return money, everything. But again, that's a kind of a catch-22 as well. But like you say, if you can remain independent, successfully put your music out, successfully get an audience and be able to sustain that to the point where it's paying for itself, that's probably the best you can hope for these days. Mm. You know? where And that's where social media platforms will work for you. 
to spread your spread your wings and get your music out there. Yeah, but don't. Think yeah, work on your live show more than your Facebook. I think. <laughs> it's always been that way, though. You know, you you can you know if you come to see a band at a show, and you've been listening to them for ages on Spotify, Facebook, whatever it is, and you go and you listen to them, and they sound nothing like what you sound on record, on a recorded platform. It's very disappointing. You know, so yeah, yeah. you got to have the songs, you got to have the show, and you've got to be able to play your instrument. I know a lot of people use backing tracks, and I, I get that as well. You know, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll close this with maybe some advice. And I think my biggest advice is be different on social media. Whatever anyone else is doing, do the yeah. opposite. Yeah. Really? Or do something completely different. You know, and never ever write, I know we've been quiet recently, or <laughs> anything of that ilk. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, make, so a, sta- said, make so a statement. Having, yeah, so having said that, so on the next episode, we're hoping to have maybe a guest or two. Yeah, we might start bringing in some people. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we're only doing this over Skype today because of COVID and stuff. But next time we'll be in the same room and we'll have our guest maybe on Skype. Or yeah, like, yeah. It depends who our first guest is going to be. Yeah. Whether they are in this country or not would change things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully they'll be not in this country, which means they'll be a bigger name. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Anyway, my friend, I will bid you a fond farewell. Yeah, it's been good talking to you. I hope you are uncoped. When are you stopping isolation? Uh, two days, three days, two I think days. it is. Okay. I'm still testing positive at the moment, yeah, so right. we got to wait and see. We shall reconvene next Sunday in person then. Absolutely. Great. All right, man. And as usual, if you have any horror stories of social media... Or anything that's worked for you, yeah. let us know. Yeah, leave it in the comment section below. Yeah. Great. Is there anything, anything you want to ask, put it in the comment section below. Like Ooh. and share. <laughs> I know we've been quiet for a while. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ed. All right, mate. Great to talk to you. Talk to you soon. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.